2: Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play and put your money where your mouth is. By placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at Flex.fan.
0: This is the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things
1: fantasy.
2: Thank God it's Friday. That means it's a cashing Friday here on the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so you catch when we have new content available to you. You can also catch us live on bellyup.tv. Download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV devices to catch us on demand under the under the Belly Up Sports TV category. Or just stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a five-star review. Greatly helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, Joined here with Chris Dowhower for a DFS and NFL betting locks of the week for week eight, baby. Chris, how are you doing tonight?
3: Doing pretty good. This is one of my favorite shows that we get to do. You know, it's very rare, I think, on a, a fantasy show where we give you fantasy advice for DFS, and we help you catch some tickets. I mean, and we and we give free prizes away and chances to enter free prizes. I mean, I don't know too many shows to do that.
2: It's a very fun show on Friday because it's Friday, so it has to be very fun. And speaking of prizes, you guys see this? You guys see this? This is the Jamison Williams autographed Alabama jersey. This weekend is the last weekend to try to get your name in the raffle that will come down next week with the Wheel of Names. There's two ways you can get involved. You can sign up for free on our DraftKings tournament on the link that is in the comments section on our YouTube channel. And, of course, it's on our social media pages at up MD, Show. It is free. The easier way to get your name in, because you only have to take me head to head, is by going to flex.fanslash bellyupff. You import your sleeper or Yahoo team that you drafted and are doing well with this year. It's your dealer's choice. Look for the MDFF show in the arena. Take me on. If you beat me, your name gets put into the raffle. And as those leagues fill up, I'll keep putting out more and more and more. So I don't really have a limited number on the amount of challenges I will issue. It's just a matter when they fill up. Chris, I did get the November uh, giveaway in today, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and announce it. It is a three-time Super Bowl champion autographed a Bill Bates jersey. That will be the November giveaway. So that will start next week. But just to let you guys know, more prizes are coming down. By the way. TimeX2132 if you are watching we are still trying to get a hold of you. He was the winner of the October giveaway which was the John or I'm sorry the uh, the September giveaway which was the John Randall jersey. I'm sorry to say if I don't hear by you by next week I do want to give these prizes away. That means the John Randall jersey will become available as the December giveaway. So TimeX2132 I'm gonna give you another week. I want you to get a hold of me. I want to give you the jersey. I want to give you the prize. So guys, make sure you win these things. Make sure I get a hold of you. Okay. That's 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 the big thing to take away from that. But they are free. Make sure you sign up for the contest. Well, Chris, let's go ahead and uh let's tell people what, what lineups are going to use for the contest to give them the upper hand, but also maybe some values, maybe some players to help them out in tournament leagues to win some money. So who you got as your quarterback play for your DraftKings lineup this week?
3: Yeah, so I I love the, you know like I talked about the show that not only get the free prizes that you talked about different ways to compete against us, but we're trying to give you tips of how to win DFS in general. So this week I like the different options we have and I'm starting off at the quarterback position with um Geno Smith. Nice I'm sorry. I had the wrong list up. I apologize, guys. I had last. <laughs> I
2: got too many lineups. I got too, I got too many stars. lineups. To line Look at all our
3: winners from last week. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry for... Well, you know, well, while learned, while you should
2: get that sorted out, I'll, I'll start off with my quarterback. I paid up the quarterback position this week because quarterback in general has been bad. But this week in particular, with Patrick Holmes on a bye and Josh Allen playing in the Sunday night game, so he's not available for the tournament play, I paid up at $8,300 and went with Jalen Hurts I guess the Pittsburgh Steelers, we all know it's a good matchup on paper. Maybe they get TJ Watt back. Maybe they don't. I don't care. I am picking up Jalen Hurts and going all the way to $8,300 and paying up for that spot because I don't really like the values of what I'm going to potentially get or not get out of the other players.
3: Yeah, you know, I definitely don't blame me For myself, I kind of was contemplating that as well. If I was going to spend you know, all up, I feel like it's Jalen Hurts are kind of bust if you're going to go all the way up in the higher price tags. He mentioned some of the better options aren't available. Um, but I think one option I do like in the matchup I love is Tua Tagaloa versus Detroit. Sixty two hundred dollars to it, you know, average eight point six yards per attempt, one the highest average per attempt you know in the NFL. I know he's kind of you know eased himself back in last week, but this is a great matchup for a team that hemorrhages points basically in the you know on defense. I know Dallas to put up a lot, but it's Dallas. Um so i am very excited about Tua's opportunity. The upside, like I said, I love the price tag. it's two hundred dollars versus a defense that
1: so I can think I could
2: take a of. job. Well, absolutely. I mean, th- the good news about the Dolphins receivers is that even if Tua does throw with the ball short, both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have the big play yards after catch ability against this defense. So that upside will certainly still be there. So I do like to play from that standpoint. I did take a piece of the Miami Dolphins team, though, because my RB1 is Raheem Mostert at $5,900, my favorite DFS play. I'm rolling the dice i not even rolling the dice anymore at this point. I mean, he's getting workhorse-level work, and he's going up against Detroit, who's 30th right now against the position. Yeah, I love Raheem Moser at $5,900 in my DraftKings lineup.
3: Yeah, so I talked about, you know, two having a 28th matchup, you talked about Moser having a 30th matchup, so Moser also is my running back in my backfield. I'm going both the guys in the backfield for the Dolphins because I love this matchup that much. And as you alluded to, Raheem Moser, for that price tag, giving you the RB1 value, so it's a
2: steal. It seems like every week there's a free space at the at the running back position. This week, the free space is Dante Foreman at $5,300. Chuba Hubbard is going to be out this week. They're going up against the Atlanta Falcons. And I have to say, Carolina's offensive line, if nothing else, looks like they can run block at a pretty decent rate. And it's going to be run, 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 run city between Atlanta and Carolina. The good news here is that no matter what happens – Carolina will not be run out of the building because the Atlanta Falcons simply are not playing an offensive style that will allow them to do so. So, yes, Dow Foreman, fire him up. Actually, looked pretty good at the passing game, the boot. So he might get a nice little workload here with Chuba Hubbard out at 5300 dollars firing him up as my RB2. Yeah,
3: it's a great value. And a guy you said you said could be basically a free space. I don't have him in this lineup. The only thing I had a little bit caution was is you talked about you had a nice you know utilization in the passing game. They're going to have Black Shear going to be, is there going to be the other guy who's going to be utilized in the backfield? We'll he's see. primarily just a pass catcher. Even um, though went
2: it. down last week. He didn't play.
3: Well, they reported it today. So I'm just letting you know what they reported today. Um, that They was going to be involved. That's who they're going to be using, utilizing kind of is not necessarily the same role as Hubbard. I'm not trying to say they he's going to have the same touches, but they were using, it, saying that he's going to be utilized this game and be kind of the guy they're going to use in the pass situation because he's primarily a pass catcher. I think he has, you know, more of that opportunity to be involved that aspect of the game than mean, Foreman does, so it's my only thing i say. say you know, kind of limits his somewhat. We'll,
2: we'll see. Who's your RB2? Uh,
3: my RB2 is going to be the other guy who I think is an RB1 in the making, and that's Kenneth Walker. Uh, I know the Giants' matchup on paper is only an 11th-ranked defense versus a running back position, but guess what? What you saw last week for Jacksonville is they were able to run right at them with Travis T. N. That's how you beat the Giants' team. With the Seattle Seahawks kind of beat up in the receiving core, then they're going to kind of get the memo, memo from last week. You know, they saw Walker have a great week last week and had a great game. I think you saw that they kind of, you know, were efficient in the passing game. They relied on the running game. I think they're going to do something similar this week. I love Kenneth Walker. $6,500, I think, is basically an RB1 this week opportunity.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Can't disagree with that at all. How about I was trying to check to make sure he wasn't in my flex. He's not, but uh, because I did contemplate him in a couple of lineups, I do have him in some other lineups. Not in this one, not in the official MD's DraftKings lineup. All right, so my wide receiver one, I always stack the quarterback, always. It's just a rule of mine. It's what I'm always going to do. So I went with A.J. Brown against the Pittsburgh Steelers at $7,700. That's one of the kind of nice things about this stack is that you're not paying up for the top-notch wide receiver necessarily to go with this. And, yes, I do love A.J. Brown coming off the bye week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, too. So light it up for me.
3: Yeah, one of the cheaper combos, as you kind of alluded to, is it's not a bad price tag for A.J. Brown. Nice matchup. And then, you know, with, with the Pittsburgh secondary, it's getting healthier. A.J. Brown's still the guy that's you know, eating the most in the Eagles sec- Eagle receiving core. And then the Eagles, you know, A.J. Brown's a beast. love having a lot of nice, still nice price tag.
2: What's your wide receiver one?
3: So this guy came back and showed me that, you know, he basically could be one of the elite guys targeted wide. And that's this, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, $7,400 take on the Minnesota Vikings, whose defense I question very much so. I think it's a, a fantastic matchup. A guy who's probably going to get peppered with targets. I don't think he's will see 50% of the targets like he did last week, but even if he sees 35 to 40% of that, that's still an incredibly high percentage. Um, and when you see guys like, you know, Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs and some of the, you know, Devontae Adams putting up these numbers that you wish you can get your you know, hands on, their price tags are getting higher and higher. Here's a guy who's just kind of still just hitting the DFS scene in a sense, and you kind of want to take advantage. So I have DeAndre Hopkins in a lot this week.
2: Can't argue with that either. He, look, he's going to be, now he's back I made this joke on, uh, I think it was Wednesday. He's the little safety blankie that made Kyler Murray go bye-bye in his cribby-cribby, and that's why he's always going to be the guy that Kyler Murray just turns to in every situation. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 50% of the target workload because frankly, that's just where Kyler Murray's at in his lack of being able to actually throw the ball and distribute to guys outside of the number one Read right now. So, uh, yeah, like the play there. Definitely has a high floor. And we know Hopkins, if, if he scores a touchdown, he's going to be right up there with the top five wide receivers with the workload that he's going to get. I paid down a little bit with my wide receiver, too. I went with Dale Robinson at $4,700, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. I always want to attack the slot receiver. Of the Seattle, that's playing against the Seattle Seahawks. Not to mention, he is the number one wide receiver of the New York Giants, not just this week, but for the rest of the season that was solidified by the trade of Kadarius Toney to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, fire me up some Juan Wandale Robinson in a PPR format at $4,700 on DraftKings.
3: Yeah, I think the price tag is the key thing. One of the better values you can find with more of the upsides, a good matchup versus Seattle, nice price tag.
2: Who's your no wide receiver too?
3: So I'm with Chris Olave. Um, you know, we talked about New Orleans' deep uh, you know, receiver corps throughout the different shows we've done, and we realizing, and through basically attrition, Chris Olave has to be the receiver. One, There's Jarvis Lange he's not back. Michael Thomas is not back. He's healthy. He's back from his concussion. He had come off the 20-point performance last week. He'll primarily be the guy, again, um, probably be the secondary guy. Jawan Johnson even banged up a little bit. So Chris Olave is going to have a nice ceiling and probably a very really
2: safe floor. What about... What do you think about Matt Collins this week? So I got him at $4,500 my wide receiver three. We know the big play is there. We know the touchdown upside is there. The match against the Saints is actually there. Devontae Adams, and this is kind of what I went with, it. Is dealing with the Ilda. So even if he suits up and plays, because he hadn't really practiced much all week long, I don't even think he wanted to practicing today. I don't, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to miss the game, but Matt Collins might be a little bit more involved along with the big play upside. So I took him at $4,500.
3: Yeah, definitely interesting. And a good DFS. Because I don't think we we're going to Matt Collins this week necessarily. Um, you got a little upside. the Ruffer to come back last week. Collins is still the guy that was you know, primary targeted other than Adams. Um, Adams still is by far the alpha. I don't know if the sickness is going to, still going to affect that or not. And Josh Jacobs is the other guy they kind of you know, rely on. So, Collins has that kind of, you know, a safe opportunity. But you kind of worry about the upside because you don't have the actually going you know, to utilize him necessarily. But I think the price tag... And probably what else you're trying to fit in your lineup and fit on with because of that price tag you're spending there justifies it. Also.
2: Well, he's like the poor man version of Gabriel Davis. That's the way I'm looking at him. That's why I'm kind of utilizing him in the DFS. Very setup. poor, poor
3: man. Poor, poor, <laughs> man. Poor, poor, poor,
2: poor. Who's your wide receiver three?
3: My receiver three is a guy that got back on the radar last week, and he probably will get 50% of the share of the uh, targets this week again. That's DJ Moore. Look. D.J. Moore is probably dead. I'm not a big P.J. Walker fan. I don't think what happened last week necessarily that Carolina turned any kind of corner. Agreed. But I do know that D.J. Moore has been the guy they're going to target the shit out of no matter what. And as a result, with a price tag of $5,300 versus the defense is 32nd versus the pass and it's all banged up in the secondary and basically they have like third, fourth stringers back, back there right now. I'm going to try to take advantage of that, especially in the dome in Atlanta. So D.J. Moore is to me the guy that's quietly, you know, has some life
2: again and might be a nice play this week for DFS. Okay. We'll have to say, look, AJ Terrell's out. The Falcons are terrible against the wide receivers. So, yeah, all that checks out. And without Christian McCaffrey, they made a point last week to say DJ Moore's the one getting the targets. You're our foundational piece. We'll, less, we'll at least make sure you're getting the ball throughout the rest of the season. And that's the only good news I can give you on DJ Moore. At least he has a pulse now. If you drafted him, you had held hold on to him this whole entire time. At least now he has a pulse. Uh, how about at the tight end position? So I went with Foster Moreau, sticking with the Raiders. But I don't expect Darren Waller to play right now. He's limited to participant in practice for the majority <clears throat> of this week. Still very questionable heading into Sunday. I'd be surprised if he goes. So if he doesn't, I'm going with Foster Moreau so I can pay down at $3,100 in a tight end group that I'm not really fond of outside the top two anyway. Yeah,
3: I can understand. I kind of, you know, I'm playing a guy that necessarily – Sure, he's going to play off playing Jawan Johnson myself. Um, I think Jawan, you know, placed up from the last week, the utilization in the red zone. He talked about some of the price tag and some of the guys that you're looking at. The options aren't wonderful, so if I'm looking for kind of a cheaper value, I like him or like the Jawan Johnson. I think either one could be a nice value in a sense because I don't like finding you know, a lot on tight ends for guys you're not going to necessarily get value from. So other than top guys, as you alluded to. I really, know other guys are really trying to get on my
2: team. well. And it's really yeah. annoying that on DraftKings, they won't list Taysom Hill as a tight end, even though that's what he's listed as, and that's what everybody else hasn't listed as. But DraftKings still list him as a quarterback because why give us a cheat code? Uh, so, yeah, so Juwan Jots is your tight end. How about your flex position?
3: Going with Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin has a nice little sweet matchup versus the Vikings. I'm going to kind of beat down that Viking teams in this game in general. Um, I think Vikings defense isn't very good. And I think you can move with the ball. Eno you know, Benjamin was, you know, pretty effective last week, utilizing the passing attack, gives this team a little bit of, an element of speed. So it's basically, you know, they, he has his, uh, as your pacifier or his Baba for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins as a you know, receiving thing. And then you have Eno you know, Benjamin kind of coming out of the backfield. That was pretty much what they lived off last week. I didn't really see that changing a whole lot this week. So Eno you know, Benjamin with the Connor news, but he's going to be out there. Williams questionable at best. I'm going to roll with him out this week for $6,000.
2: All right, I like that. Even even if Terrell Williams plays, Eno Benjamin will still be the guy. So just kind of keep that in mind, too. It's a nice, strong play there. I went with Alvin Kamara going back to that Raider Saints game, going back and forth. That's where I paid up at $7,100. Give me the guy who just gave a rousing speech to his team to try to wake him up out of their funk. Look, I have a lot of problems with when during the game they're utilizing Alvin Kamara. But the fact is this. He gets utilized at some point during the game. And now that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback, and from what I understand, the starting quarterback to stay, that is the boost for Alvin Kamara to get those targets moving forward. And, of course, you'll love the match against the Raiders or 22nd against the position. So, yeah, Calvin Kamara, fire him up.
3: I love Alvin Kamara. I have him on some DFS teams. I think that he's a great play, and I love like, talked about, you know, kind of his emotion. I think he's going to show by example, and great matchup versus Raiders way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Who's your defense this week?
3: So, usually I like to spend, you know, as cheap as possible on defenses if I can, but I have a little extra money because of the Jawan Johnson. I'm kind of keeping myself, you know, options in case he isn't to play. So, I had a little extra money to play with in sense of defense for now. I'm going with the 49ers defense. 31 dollars <laughs> I mean, why not? You're going against it. I know it looked bad last week versus the Chiefs, but luckily for you, everybody else out there in DFS world, the Rams are not the Chiefs. So, as a result... I think this is going to be, could be ugly as it has been for the last you know, three years now. I think we're going on Dan, the Forders own the Rams. Um, I think this isn't going to change any for any reason this week. I have a little caution that maybe, just maybe, the Rams can have, you know, a spark after the buy, but then look at that 32nd versus uh, Ram. Rams, how much points they give up and how many times they've turned it over. Look at the San Francisco owning of that team, and I just
2: couldn't resist. Well, I'll throw another one out there, too. I kept saying this last week. I'm like, look, the 49ers, they got a lot of guys back for that Kansas City Chiefs game, but I don't know how healthy they truly were. But nobody had setbacks. That's the good news. And now you got guys like Jason Verrett coming off. So this defense is getting even healthier this week. And they have the game plan set against the Rams. They're going to utilize it again, blitzing, just overwhelming Matthew Stafford with that offensive line. It's completely horrendous right now. Sean McVay only knows how to get the ball to Cooper Cup. He doesn't know how to move the ball outside of that uh, yeah, I'm all about the 49ers this week against the Rams. I don't see how a bye week can, can tremendously have them do a 180 after what we saw the first six weeks of the season. And this 49ers defense does have pride, too. So after last week, they're going to be looking to make a statement before they go into the bye week. So this this just feels like a perfect storm here for this defense. And they're pretty cheap. I mean, they're, they're not the cheapest defense But $3,100, that's not an expensive play for a really good defense either in a really good matchup. So that's why I went with him too.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Rams basically are the offense that you want to play against most in DFS, the 32nd ranked versus defenses. So basically that means you're getting turnovers waiting to happen. for you.
2: All right, so now it's time for us to go over our players that we do like to value on to give you guys a little tips, but they didn't quite crack – our DraftKings lineup this week. Now, for me, I'll just go first on this one. It's quarterback, it's Kirk Cousins, $6,100. I have this question. The Vikings have been good, but not great offensively. They haven't really hit that extra gear. We thought Kevin O'Connell would help them hit. And I'm just a little bit curious against the Arizona Cardinals at home in Minnesota coming off the bye week this is not a situation that sets up for the Vikings to maybe find that spark and get that extra gear going. Kirk Cousins, typically speaking, will have a stretch. he will help be on fire. And I do wonder if that starts now. Typically speaking, it does start in the halfway point of the season in years past. So Kirk Cousins, $6,100, might have interesting upside for me. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting play. And I think that I hope that's going to
3: happen. My other trepidation, though, is that, when it comes to the Vikings in this matchup in particular, I think that you can – Arizona is a defense that's been feisty on the road, and they've been feisty all season long. They've actually been pretty good. Um, so I don't know if it's a, you know, it's a great matchup in a sense because Arizona has been pretty good on the road, has been a pretty good defense. So I like to see kind of Vikings you know, put it to them, but I, it kind of remains to be seen.
2: It does remain to be seen. But that's why I kind of want to roll with it. Who's your quarterback value? So I went with Andy Dalton, the Red
3: right, right Rocket. Um, the guy that, you know, basically taking on a Vegas team is 32nd versus the quarterback position. You've seen every. You see Davis Mills even had over 300 yards last week. Um, Andy Dalton had 30-something points DFS. I don't think it's going to happen this week again like he did last week. But with kind of the fits we talked about, Chris Lavay being healthy, Cam Myers is a check-down guy, a team that your Saints defense is not good right now. It's averaging huge plays left and right. Then it usually means you got to kind of keep up with that. It means your quarterbacks can throw the ball around. Playing in New Orleans, I like I like Aint Dalton's price high for $500. It's a nice value this week.
2: It wasn't good from an NFL standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, it did very well against the Arizona Cardinals. So take that for what you will. Although I do think if he you throws interceptions fine. like that, we probably will get James Winston back too. So take that for what you will. Uh, what about the running back position? So my player value, they didn't quite crack my lineup, but we'll probably have a good week, is Tony Pollard at $6,100. Ezekiel Elliott listed as doubtful. He's going up against Chicago, and everybody who has Pollard has been waiting for this exact moment for him to be the bell cow back. We know he's explosive. $6,100 for Tony Pollard is a really great value this week.
3: It really is. It's a nice value. The guy that you talked about, Zeke, is probably going to be out. Um, you like to seem a little bit more involved in the passing attack than he has been in the you know, last few weeks, but with the Zeke part, the touchdown should be there. The big play has been a thing been showing you can show week in, week out. So I love Tony Collier as an option this week, especially that price tag. Who's your value? Well, we kind of hit on one of them, so I'm trying to give you guys a different one because I also had Foreman as an uh, outstanding value, as you alluded to. It's basically a free space almost for most people. But another guy that I actually like this week is going to be uh, Todd Alger. He talked about the Carolina team and his Atlanta game, how they're not going to you know, necessarily get up the running game. So the, coming the other way, not necessarily involved in passing attack, but he's been getting more carries week in, week out. Huntley's going to, he's questionably he's mostly going to play, but he's got been kind of, you know, hasn't been necessarily used as much. Although Algier continues to be, his game's going to be close. I think there's a good chance he can break a touchdown or two run. So I think he's a good value. Uh, nice cheap price tag for
2: $400. This is Algier's last chance too, because all reports say Cordo Patterson will be back next week. So, could be his last chance to really make something, make a stand as to why he should still have a good workload. He'll still have a a somewhat of a role moving forward, of course. But yeah, this week, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, he got banged up to your point the the week before that, before he even got injured, I think he only had two carries. So this kind of thing had kind of swayed toward Tyler Algier to begin with. So yeah, not a bad play there and a contrarian play because no one's really excited about Tyler Algier, but the production should be there. What about with the wide receiver? So, Chris, go ahead and give me yours because my guy was DJ Moore at $5,300. Do you want to put in your lineup? So, wh- who's your wide receiver?
3: So, if you're really trying to find a cheap value, I, I love the Robinson play. It was nice, cheap value. It-, it makes me feel kind of grim- grimy saying this, but I would Paris Campbell. I mean, basically, the guy's been a glorified uh, extension of the running attack. Um, I don't see St. Ellinger opening it up any forward, kind of more. Well, basically, yes.
1: <laughs> um, You know, 10
3: this is ten catches for 70 yards, while it sucks watching an NFL. For why, I'm not a big PPR fan, but I, DFS is what we're doing, full-point PPR. I'm all about 10 catches for 70-yard opportunities. Paris Campbell's been doing that the last two weeks, so another guy, nice matchup versus a Washington team that's not very good in secondary, and probably Gilbert pass rush. So Paris Campbell, to me, is like makes you feel grimy because you just don't like the Colts offense, but hey.
2: Pittman and Campbell, I think, are the only two receivers that Ellinger is going to look for. Alec Pierce, I'm sorry, but you're going to get left out to dry because you just run a little bit too deep for a guy who has no arm. So I'm kind of with you there. Uh, At the tight end position, my value is Tyler Higby at $4,200. You're talking about the guy who's still, I believe he's third now in targets overall at the tight end position. We don't know if anything's going to change. I did bring up that question to you yesterday, but for now, I'm going to roll the dice and say, It's not, and that Higby will continue to be a target monster to give him a great floor-to-ceiling ratio when it comes to DFS.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, this guy is basically going to be the the other extension of the Rams running game. We've kind of seen that all season long. They they can't move the ball. They go to Cooper Cup or they go to Tyler Higby. That's been all they've been able to do. Why would that change anything versus the 49ers? I think it's not a great matchup on paper necessarily, but Higby's utilization for Higby is going to be there.
2: Who's your tight end?
3: So I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. I know that Hopkins it doesn't eat all the targets. It's usually it's the other guy to look for in the red zone. Zach Ertz. I know there's a lot to talk about Robbie Anderson. I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson. He really has one teacher. touchdown this season. He, he does. Um, but he's only had been healthy for most of the season. Been healthier as the last couple of weeks. And as a guy who talked about tight ends, I don't love love the ceiling, but not a bad matchup versus the Vikings once again. I can keep picking on number 26 there's, there's versus there's tight end. Or twenty eighth, yeah. So it's not very good at tight end position. And Zach Ertz is like the guy who gets you four or five catches. He could get you more, but it's like he's going to get you four or five catches. When you start looking at tight ends at certain values that you talked about earlier in the show, you're not really guaranteed to get you know two catches from some of these guys. So I'm going to ride with the guy who's kind of going to should be if you know DeAndre Hopkins doesn't dominate
2: everything (laughs) again. That's always a million-dollar question. But, yeah, no, not a bad value there at all. That's going to bring us to our break time. So, on the other side, we got Chaz Floridi waiting in the green room. We'll talk about our lock bets of the week, our NFL prop bets of the week, and our special parlay at the end of the show. So, everybody, stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this football is back baby and our new sponsor true classic wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft church sure, football season but it's also butt to couch season Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at TrueClassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes true classic tees taper off towards the bottom but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders it's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on it's about time to get your fit together. So upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at TrueClassic.com with promo code BellyUpFantasy. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at TrueClassic.com with the promo code BellyUpFantasy. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good.
0: This is the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy.
2: Thank God it's Friday here on the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show. That means it's a cashing Friday. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so you catch all of our new content available to you. Catch us on demand when you download the Foxy Network app on LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV devices. And download the show and stay up to date on the go. When, and give us a five-star review, please. It really, really helps us out. We're widely available. And uh, we're a lot of fun, as you can tell. Uh, look, I'm your host, Dan Mader. I'm joined here with Chris Dowhauer. And we got Jazz Filari, the man, the myth, the legend, who's powering through with us today. Jazz, how you doing over there?
4: I could probably suck it up for 30 minutes, but I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm sick. But I'm going to use it because I'm a little behind, so I've got all the data here, and I went through it to come up with on my uh, Oh My God sheet for the MD show, but I didn't do any handicapping, so by the time we're done and you go through every game, I'll be able to come up with a play for our parlay because, you know what,
2: I take that serious and we're doing pretty good. We are doing pretty good, and we 'll be able to try to keep this thing going before we get that kicked off though I just want to reiterate this is the last weekend to sign up for the jameson williams autographed alabama jersey there 's two ways to do it one way is to sign up for free on our draftkings lineup tournament here it 's in the comments section it 's also on our social media pages at Up MDFF show. That's free. If you win, your name gets to put on the wheel of names that will go down next week. We'll have that live on the show because it'll be the first Friday of the new month in November. The second way is the easiest way. Go to flex.fans slash BellyUpFF. Look for the MDFF show in the arena. When you do that, if you beat me head to head, when you import your sleeper or Yahoo leagues, it is the best ball format that I choose. If you do that, if you beat me, then your name will get put into the wheel of names as well. So those are the two ways you can enter the contest and, uh, just one more time to reiterate, I do have the giveaway for November, and it will be a three-time Super Bowl Bill Bates jersey autographed for you guys, too. So more giveaways to come up in the following month. But with all that set aside, let's go ahead and start talking about cash and tickets here. And we got a London game this week. The hometown team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are praying one day to move to London, I think, are taking on the Denver Broncos at early at 930 in the morning. So quick tidbit, first of all, fantasy football purposes, make sure you guys set your lineups. And maybe even if you're on the West Coast, just like set that alarm for six o'clock so you can double check your lineup real quick if you have anybody going and then just go back to sleep. Because even if you're on the East Coast, I mean, frankly, just, just make sure you're not upset and then you can go back to sleep because nobody wants to watch this game. Unfortunately, though, there are, there are people who are going to and there are still bets to be made here. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are favored at minus two points. The over-under is at 40.5. Russell Wilson is going to play. I am not touching this game. But Chris, what are you doing here? Yeah, I don't
3: want to touch this game with a 10-foot pole myself. If I was asked to and I had a gun to my head, which I don't. But if I did, I would go with the Denver Broncos. The only reason is that I'm, I'm not Russell Wilson. not going to be a change. He's probably why Jacksonville's the favorite, his return. But having said that, Denver's defense is quite good. Jacksonville hasn't scored any points lately, as of late. Their defense hasn't been very good either. And I think this is a game that Denver doesn't kind of screw it up. They should be able to kind of take care of business. It'll be ugly. I think Denver's team, I would pick if I was going to do I
2: mean, game I'm game. hoping to God Jackson wins this game because we might get a Nathaniel Hackett firing if that happens. So I'm hoping to God. Well, that changes everything win. I just said.
3: I, I'm, I'm just going to put that out in space then, so I hope that
2: also happens. <laughs> Jazz, are you seeing anything in that game? I will have this game. Okay. Because I love to bet this
4: game and to wake up and look at my account and not look at the score. <laughs> so I don't go to ESPN or covers. I go to my account. And I know what I had when I went to bed, and I know what I have now. And I then I worry about what happened. But I'm going with the under. I'm not afraid to bet unders. Uh, and and it's there, there have been a lot of them this year. Uh, these teams are terrible. I mean, here's the two trends, right? Denver for the game, they've scored 16 or less in 9 of 11. Think about that. There's a lot of sports out there where 16 or less will be okay. I mean, in the World Series tonight, they've almost got 16 or less, you know? Uh, Jacksonville in the second half on the road, they've, uh, they're at home, though. Oh, they're at home. My bad. At well, they're, home. Yeah.
2: yeah they're, they're, they're at London, though.
4: Oh, that's what it is. Because they're yeah, both. They're, that's right. I, I treat London, these both yeah. as road games. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've allowed 10 or less in nine straight games. So, uh, you know, their defense may not be showing up, but they're also playing Denver.
2: Yep. I can't disagree with any of that. But go to Jacksonville because I want to see Nathaniel Hackett get fired. Okay. So now, with that out of the way, we got my first lock 'em in pick of the week. Lock 'em in. It's a lock. <laughs> I am locking in the New England Patriots at minus two and a half over the New York Jets. who no longer have Brees Hall. The Patriots got embarrassed. On Monday Night Football, I expect him to rebound and Bill Belichick to do what he usually does, which is beat the crap out of the New York Jets. Sorry, guys. Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback, and I do have them winning this game by at least a field goal. So, yes, firing up and locking in New England at minus two and a half.
3: I like the confidence. I don't have quite the confidence, but you're absolutely right. New England, what they do is basically treat the Jets like just a redhead stepchild. They definitely beat it down every chance they've gotten to. It's been historical. It'll be interesting to see: is this a new Jets team or is this the same old Jets team? That's why I don't want to touch it. I agree with you. The Brees Hall is going to be a huge factor, but this game and scoring is going to be so low that I think either team can kind of well, pull it off at, five. at 40. Would, That's why I don't want to necessarily bet on either one. Chaz, <laughs> Chaz. but real quick, I I I would want to say I like the fact that Chaz wakes up to the green no matter what. Wakes up, whether it's cash account, checking the green, or checking out and waking the bacon. Always wake up the green. Yeah, the no, job. you know
4: what? The, the, the Sports betting, marijuana, and, and money are very important to me.
2: It's all about, about the green. It's all about the green. Chaz, what do you got in this game? Anything?
4: Well, last year they whacked them good. Then they beat them like 70 to 20 or something in the two games. The two of course, there's yeah. a division game, so they, they play two games. I, I I don't know Chris is right. Chris is right. We don't know if, if, what Jets team is going to show up. And so I, I won't touch this game. And the data really doesn't give me any reason to touch this game. The data says in the first quarter – New York has scored three or less in eight straight. You know, that could help you win a bet, no doubt about it. And in the first half at home, uh, the Jets are allowing ten or more in seven straight. So, you know what, who knows? I do know, I have an opinion on uh, on how rusty that kid was and how quickly they pulled him, and it turned out that the other guy is just a backup too. The, the league is really full of backups right now. <laughs> the problem is they're starting and we're betting on
2: them. And that's why every game's under right now. Uh, Let's talk about uh, one team that's actually been really good this season so far, but I guess another team that's been really, really bad. So that's the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is in Philly. This line is 10.5 right now in favor of Philadelphia. The over-under set at 43.5. And And if I'm going to place a bet, I am going to place a bet on Philadelphia to cover. The reason being is that their defense could hold the Steelers to 10 or less points. And if you're going to hold a team to 10 or less points, there's a good chance you wind up winning by double digits, even if your offense doesn't put up a ton of points. So that's why I am going to put money. I'm not that I'm not locking them in, but that is where I'm going to place my bet. The Eagles covering at minus 10 and a half. What do you think, Chris?
3: Yeah, I think it's a sneaky trap game in a sense. I understand. I appreciate what you're saying. And I definitely think the Eagles could beat the Pittsburgh. So and definitely would be not surprised if that happened. I think Pittsburgh historically gives the Eagles a tough game. These two games usually more battle up because it's a battle of PA. Um, and then look to Syracuse themselves. While they got blown up by Buffalo, the rest of their games have been coming down to the final possession. They've lost every game by one possession. They keep it close. Their offense is getting healthier. Their defense is definitely healthier. I don't TJ will be back necessarily, but this game will be a little bit closer, I think, than people will kind of expect it to be. So if I were to bet on this game, I'd actually probably bet on Pittsburgh to cover <laughs>
2: All right, Jazz, break the tie. Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's not scoring at all, but look at Philly. Look at the difference between their first half and second half. What are they Huge. bonging up? They must be hitting a rip, a rip, ripping a big long bong of some really good sense of million at halftime. And it's like two different teams when you look at the data, two different yeah. teams.
2: It is. They, they do, do not score in the second half, right? Which is funny, because last year, they were all about being the second-half team. They didn't do anything in the first half. This year's been the exact opposite. They come out with a bull rush, and in the second half, it's third. Here's or, a, well, a been of two halves. they're undefeated.
4: Right, here's a tail of two halves. In the first half, in their last six games, if you bet the Phillies and over, you hit five of those parlays. They've covered all six of them. Then if you go over for the second half and you bet against the Phillies in the under, you did it again. Oh my God, you could have won so much money if you just took that first half and laid it the other way. Tommy, my, the guy on our show does that. He he takes $100, he bets a two-teamer first half, then bets another two-teamer second half, and he turns a, a, a hundred into a thousand. I've seen him do it a couple times live at events where we're in the stadium. It's pretty cool.
2: That is, that is really cool. And hopefully we'll do that for you guys too. That's why we go over the data. Our next game up, we got the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboy. Another double-digit game. The Cowboys favored at minus 10. The over-under set at 42.5. I'm going to lean on, I think, Monday night with Chicago's Super Bowl. And Dallas's defense is much better than New England's defense. So I think, again, this is a situation where I'm betting on the defense to dominate to the point where even if the offense puts up 20 to 24 points, It'll be enough to cover by double digits so I'm taking Dallas to cover minus 10. I'm not a believer yet in the Chicago offense based on Monday night sorry Go ahead, Chris
3: yeah I'm not a believer in Chicago offense either but I'm not a believer in Dallas's offense as well so I'm if I'm going to bet in this game and it just could be I do take this game I'm gonna be at my upset special I think Chicago I would take Chicago to beat Dallas Dallas isn't 10 points better than anybody right now I love the defense absolutely love it their offense is gonna have a little bit of an issue moving For 10 the ball. points better
2: than Detroit last week.
3: The pace of this game is going to be slow. They were, and and while I don't think the Bears' offense is back with Detroit was playing with offensively last week, I don't know if anybody could do anything. I think it's there. pretty comparable uh, with Chaz. <laughs> Justin Fields can run. Uh, Jared Golf can't. So I think there's a big difference there. And also, real quick caveat: I do think you can run that and run on Dallas. I think you can run right at them. That's where I think the Bears are going to keep this game closer. than people think.
2: Uh, Chaz, so break the tie here, man.
4: Chicago in the second half has allowed nine or less and 10 of 11. Their defense is really good, really good. But the problem is, of course, they score less points than they, they allow. Uh, Dallas for the game at home, they've scored 20-plus and 7 of 8. I, I agree with Chris in terms of the 10 points. That second half, though, I'm looking at uh, at – the two teams that just don't give up points in the second half. I'm going to make a note about that. I'm just going to put half two here, and then I'll look at it again in the morning because that one, I don't have to get up early to bet.
2: That very, very valid. Chris, a, qu- a quick thing to you real quick, because I, I didn't ask this question when we were talking about the Eagles. What do you think about the Robert Quinn trade?
3: I mean, it was definitely a good move without having, you know, they. Lost, I don't have Graham. They lost um, Barnett early in the season. Sweat's been good, but Reddick's been awesome. Having one extra guy is gonna be nice. And what I really think it's gonna help is gonna be the gets to run. Robert Quinn's not necessarily known for his running defense, but he's bigger than Reddick. He's bigger than some other guys they were right. bringing off the bench. So he adds an extra little bit of a little more girth to the team. And with their front line being more of a three, four front they need like to show a lot of times, I
2: think he'll fit in well with that. I've been very impressed by these deadline moves thus far. Uh, What about the Detroit Lions and the Miami Dolphins this game in Detroit? Detroit should be healthier. DeAndre Swift is going to play. He was finally off the injury report. St. Brown is expected to be able to play in this game. The Dolphins are still favored at minus three and a half. And while it's not a lock them in for me. Oh, by the way, this is the highest over under of the week, too, at 51 and a half. Uh, while it's not a lock them in for me, I am going to take the Dolphins minus three and a half. I'm also going to take the under in this game. That 51 and a half is reflective of the Dolphins' defense statistically up until this point. What's not in the statistics is the fact that they're a hell of a lot healthier now than what they have been this entire season. So I don't think this game hits 51 and a half, and I do think the Dolphins cover it minus three and a half on the road. What about you, Chris? I'm
3: going
2: to be a little bit different where
3: I do you think this might be a higher scoring game. I think with Detroit's kind of weapons they have back in place, it's going to be hard for Miami to kind of contain them. Miami's getting healthier; they're still not very healthy, um, and as a result, they haven't really had, they haven't been hitting home on their blitzes. They blitz a lot, but they haven't getting sacks, and they're not really they're still able to kind of take advantage of the other, other corner position. So when we look at Detroit getting Swift back, when you look at the receiver Saint Brown should be back this week, it's hard for Howard to kind of match up with Saint Brown. If they're going to utilize him over to feel like they have in the past. So I think because the that Detroit's going to kind of hang around. I think Miami's definitely going to score some points. I like Miami as the pick. Uh, I think that's close. You know, you can save your lock, but I definitely like Miami for the pick. And I don't necessarily hate the under idea, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the over. I think this game could be actually a fun game to watch.
2: Detroit's lost their pace over the past three weeks. And I don't think they're the same team. Now, they're getting healthier on offense. Yes, I definitely. I think it's a big
3: part of it, though.
2: We'll we'll see. Them being at home is also going to be to see, too, because there's a huge home road split when it comes to Detroit right now. But what do you see, guys? No,
4: that's exactly. What I see—the huge difference between when they sleep at home and they sleep away. You wake up, you don't have to pack. You don't have to. When you show up to the game at home, you don't have to have a bag. You just have your headset, you know. <laughs> and and they're That's two unfair. different teams. And you know this is funny because this is the same thing where the 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 one team was different. Uh, Philadelphia is totally different first half to second half. Detroit is like two different teams at home. I like the over here a lot.
2: Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, What about what's our next matchup here? We got uh the Arizona Cardinals against the Minnesota Vikings. So this is interesting. I know the Cardinals are very good on the road. Uh The over under is another higher one here set at 49. The Vikings are favored at minus three and a half. I tend not to bet against teams coming off buys, especially if I think they're as good or better than the team that they're playing against. Now in the Rams case, I don't think they're better than the team they're playing against. That's why I'm being against them. But it's not something I typically wind up doing. So I'm going to take the Vikings minus three and a half to cover here. I do think it's going to be very, very close. I'm also going to throw this out there. I'm taking the under. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I think it's going to. I have it actually set at a 26 to 22 game, which is kind of a weird projection, but that's what my numbers wind up coming out to, which comes just shy of that 49 number. So I would take the under, but I'm also going to take minnesota to cover
3: yeah i definitely like the under um minnesota i'm is a team that i don't know how they're six and one i think it's with a bunch of smoke and mirrors and, chaz five is gonna, and one, you know, just as a
2: record but same deal sorry five,
3: five and one sorry yes i think five and one um i also want to you know chaz will kind of speak to the numbers more but i know i believe that you talked about this also dan That arizona is nine and two against the spread for the last 11 games on the road um this team kind of is feisty on the road and the matchup as i talked about you know from our dfs perspective it's a tough matchup for the Vikings. I think Arizona can steal this game. I'm not loving necessarily, um, you know, balls in all, all balls in with that, game, that pick, but I think that's
2: a game if I'm going to pick, I'm going to go to Arizona. We see in Jazz.
4: Well, yeah, Arizona had a, a real nice winning on the road streak, but it looks like they got beat by Seattle the last time they were uh, on the road. So, uh, you know what? The trends are saying that Arizona on the road is allowed 23 or less than 11 of 12. That's a Pretty long trend. Minnesota for the game have scored twenty three or more in six of seven, which is why they're six five and one. Right? That's mostly right. this year. Um, I, I've got no play on this game, but um, it should be a good game, right? It
2: should be a good game. I mean, it should be a close game. It definitely should be a close game. How about the Raiders and the Saints? So this is another. This is basically a pick them. I mean, the Raiders are at minus one on the road in New Orleans. The over under set at forty nine. I mean, unless Danny Dalton throws another two pick sixes again at the half, <laughs> I really don't think it's going to wind up being 49 as far as the total score of this game. these are two teams that if they don't have to score a ton, they won't. And I know the Saints' defense is really banged up, which is why I think the Raiders are favored at minus one. It's basically a pick'em situation. I, I don't know. I don't see the Saints losing back-to-back home games. No, I think, I think the Saints are going to be feisty, but the one I will kind of you know push back on it. I
3: think this game is going to be a high-scoring game. This Saints defense is not not just not banged up. It's bad. It's a Seattle-level yeah. bad at the beginning of the season where they're giving up the most big plays per game by far. They give up – they hammered huge plays. They hammered yards. And as a result, they're to still playing and catch up most teams. Raiders aren't much different. So you have two teams that got big plays. Both teams have actually been hitting their big plays as of late. I mean, basically the Saints are living off of that. They're finding people like Rashid or Shahid having you know, a handoff for a touchdown and 60-yard you know, Uh White had a 64-yarder last week. So you're seeing kind of big plays for the Saints, and I think that's what it was. Real. I think the high scoring I like, I like the Saints, as you kind of alluded to, I think it's really soon you know, like Alvin Kamara coming out, kind of showing some fight, and they're a tough team in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints to, to win this game. Uh, what, so what do you got, Jazz?
4: Yeah, so the trends are Las Vegas – uh, in the game in the first half, they scored 10 plus and 8 of 9. New, New Orleans in the second half at home scored 10 plus and 10 of 11. I, I like the over here. And the reason I like the over mostly is because everybody that plays against uh, Las Vegas, when they host them, gets 24 points just
2: for showing up. <laughs> well, hopefully some of that goes to Alva Kamar. All right. So now we go. There you go. <laughs> it's really, it changes everything when you've got,
4: uh, some kind of player prop. How you watch uh, that game It changes oh, yeah. everything, man.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I do have a Kamara player prop. I also have Kamara and a number of fantasy teams. So yes, I'm I'm all I'm all about the Kamara train this week. Uh, how about with the Carolina Fal- uh, Carolina Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons? The Falcons. This line's actually moved a little bit more. It's now it was minus four. It's now minus four and a half in favor of the Falcons this week. The over under set at forty one. Chris, you've been saying all the week, and I completely agree with you. What happened last week with Philip Walker was a mirage. He's not an NFL quarterback, period. Having said that, I'm not very impressed with the Atlanta Falcons right now either. I think this game actually comes down to a field goal, so I have Carolina covering this game as a result to that, and I also have the under at 41. But what do you see?
3: Yeah, to share with the audience out there, you know, I was all excited about this game initially earlier in the week because I thought Atlanta was actually going to be the underdog in this game, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. I'm all over Atlanta because Carolina, as Dan alluded to, is a big fraud. But then this line moved up for Atlanta four and a half. Have people been watching this team? This team was down twenty-one nothing and was still running the ball. So I don't know if they're going to beat anybody by any significant number. And I do not want to touch this game with a ten-foot pole. If I were I. Kind of care with I think it's going to be by
2: buy a field goal, um. But I
4: do think Atlanta wins. But I, ugh. yeah. What are you seeing, Chaz? Yeah, uh,
2: uh, uh, that's. that's <laughs> I mean, that's a beautiful work. That's everything, right?
4: <laughs> so the trends say uh, uh, Carolina at home. No, Carolina overall in the first half scored ten or less and twelve of thirteen. That's almost the whole season. Atlanta in the first half overall they allow ten or more for ten of eleven. Right? Look at that. One team don't want to score. One team doesn't let anybody not score. So two negatives mean don't watch that game.
3: We a lot of running, and that clock will be going real fast. You
4: know, it's funny because that 41 isn't even – like that would have been the lowest under most weeks of the last 20 years of the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And it's not
2: even close. It's like no, fourth. It's like an average. <laughs> it's like an average right yeah. now. Yeah. I got my next lock them in pick. Lock them in. It's a lock. That is the Tennessee Titans. It's, this line is now moved. They didn't have it at minus two and a half. It's now minus three over the Houston Texans. Uh, Derrick Henry is better than anything and everything Houston has to offer. So guess what, Tennessee, you're going to beat the Houston Texans. It's a well coached team. They beat crappier teams at least by a field goal or more. So yes, I am taking Tennessee to win this game, and I'm locking them in at minus three. So what do you got, Chris?
3: Yeah, I probably like Tennessee too, but I have have a question for you, Dan. Does this change if Ryan Tannehill does not play? He, he was downgraded no, today where he I did not care. practice.
2: Because the offense okay. is for Derek Henry. It could be Malik Willis. I don't care. They could do the RPO action, whatever they want to do. It, Tennessee does not have to throw the ball to win this game by more than three points.
3: I totally agree with you. This is another game that I wouldn't be surprised if it was under, though, because it's not going to be a fun game to watch.
2: Yeah, the over-under, I didn't mention it. It was actually, It's actually 40-and-a-half is the over under. <laughs> it's so low. It's so low. What do you got, Jazz? Um
4: I've got Tennessee in the second half they've scored 7 or less in 7 straight games. Houston for the game on the road is allowed 24 or more of 5 or 6. Here's what it's the same exact thing as the Pittsburgh Philly game. I'm going to have a Philly Tennessee first half parlay and a Pittsburgh Houston second half parlay because I can do that.
2: Yep. Yes, you can. And that's how you win money. Guys, lock that in, too. Uh, How about, oh, we got my underdog pick actually is the next game. Walk them in. Yeah, it's none
3: of
4: my business, right? You're very good at what you do. I enjoy the show as much as anything I do all week. But we got to get you like an underdog because they had that cartoon underdog clip. So we could, and I don't know if it's copyrighted or anything, but that would be perfect yeah,
2: even if it because is totally it's got some music show, to it. Right?
4: underdog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we we do need to get a clip like that. Totally, one hundred percent agree. My underdog pick not like you don't you
4: sit around all week twiddling your thumb because you're not doing anything else. Yeah. I do realize how hard you work.
2: <laughs> no, I know, I know, I appreciate that, Jess. Uh, the underdog pick of the week is the New York Giants. It's in Seattle. Seattle's favored at minus three. The over at 44 and a half. I've already conceded at this point. Brian Dable's a good enough head coach right now this season. He's pushing all the right buttons that they're going to beat equal to less teams. Without DK Metcalf, I think Seattle isn't equal to a less team. So I have the Giants plus three in this game. Go, Chris! Defend your beloved Seattle Seahawks.
3: I'll just say that Dan just likes to hate Seattle. Seattle is not. I picked them last
2: team. week to cover against the Chargers, and they won outright. Come on now.
3: And I think that you should pick them again this week because they're going to beat the Giants no. this week without. D- well, they might.
2: Account. They might beat, They might win. But I don't think it's going to be by more than three points.
3: I do.
1: Hi, I'm Maria.
5: And I'm Mike, and we're team, team ready.
1: ready.
2: Okay, what do you got, Jazz? Break the tie. All right. What do I got for data? With Geno Smith. Yeah,
4: uh, Giants, half one one on the road. They're in Seattle, right? They're in Seattle. Yeah, half one on the road, allow 10-plus and 9-of-10. Seattle's scoring at home, huh?
2: Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah.
4: and who did you say you liked
2: that? I got Giants plus three.
4: Yeah, you know what? I DK's I, out. I I wouldn't hesitate betting against Seattle any day of the week. Well, oh, there
2: you go. Chaz breaks the time.
4: Uh okay. not, not that they, uh, you know, they're going to change their game plan because Chaz says that he wouldn't bet them.
2: Well, they bet. They might.
4: They they actually should change their game plan
2: because but they're in <laughs> first place, right? That's all you could ask for. Time uh, to Yeah, they are. Yeah. I think, believe they are. Yeah. Uh, how about the Washington Commanders and the Indianapolis Colts? Don't we love this game? This is officially. The lowest over/under of the week is at thirty-nine and a half. The Colts are favored in Indianapolis with Sam Ellinger at minus two and a half. Give me the Washington Commanders to win this game outright. I'm not betting on Sam Ellinger. I'm sorry, in his first start, I'm not. I just I can't do it. So I would take the Washington Commanders and I would take the under because I think even at thirty-nine and a half, it'll still go under than that. Go ahead, Chris.
3: I don't want to pick the winner for this game because I don't know, and I think this is just going to be an ugly game. But I will go with I think if there's going to be anything, I would bet, bet on the over. I think people are expecting this to be a really low-scoring game. I do too, in a sense, but I think coaches coach better sometimes when they have less to work with. And in this case, I think both matchups where the mobile quarterback is going to be an issue for both defenses. I think mobile quarterback could actually open up some bigger plays. Think he could actually be a little bit that, higher like, scoring. Calling
2: Taylor Heineke and Sam Ellinger, a mobile quarterback, makes me want to throw up in my mouth because these are two guys who ran four nines in their 40s. Not really mobile out there. Compared to Matt Ryan and compared to, of course, yes, so compared to Stats you, Okay, fine. <laughs> that could be good enough. <laughs> what do you got,
4: Jazz? Yeah, you know what? I'm glancing at his stats for Texas. You know what? He was always a good quarterback, but he wasn't a great quarterback, and I I don't think if I'm a a, a fan of this team, a Colts fan, I'm excited that he's our quarterback. No, right?
2: shout-out to Adam LaRue, who's uh, – go ahead.
3: I was going to say, I do have a number, that, and Chad is usually the great numbers, but I have a good number for this game just to throw it out there. A new starting quarterback for the Colts. So the first game that they started as a new starting quarterback are 1-17. in all time. The last, last win that they had was 1988 with Chris Chandler. It was the first quarterback to start in his first game for the Colts and actually win.
2: So that favors why I said we'd watch the Commanders then. <laughs> yeah, I'll
5: throw that out there. Yep.
4: Yeah, so the, what's the, what's it the say? Washington, in the first half on the road, they scored 10 or less and seven straight. Indy in the first half at home scored 10 or more in 10 at uh, 10 straight. I have now, I have, and I've told this story before, I've been riding that trend, the, the, the Colts scoring 10 or more. Not every week though, because sometimes it's 10 and a half and I'm, and I'm looking for the nine and a half. I know I'm going to be on that one this week because no matter who's quarterback and I'm betting that the team's going to do enough to score 10 points and it'll be, right? It'll be nine and a half because
3: the total's
2: 40 for the game. Yeah, I mean, I can't see the first-half numbers right now, but I would have to imagine that would be the case.
3: I, I thought John was going to tell us he, he picked Chris Chandler in that game for the victory.
2: <laughs> no, no. Actually, when you said that name, I said I barely remember
4: that, but one for 17 is a long time ago if you're talking about that <laughs> specific trend, you know?
2: Yeah. Yes, it is. Hey, we got my last lock bet of this week. Lock in.
3: It's a lock.
2: This line's moved. I actually had them locked in at minus one half. It's now minus one. San Francisco 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. Basically a pickup situation. The game's in Los Angeles. Yes, I'm all over San Francisco to continue their regular season. Dominance over the Rams. The over-under, by the way, is set at 42. Taking the 49ers to win this game outright in a lock. Go ahead, Chris.
3: Yeah, I might take the under if I was touching anything with that game. But also, I don't understand logically how you can't bet on the 49ers to at least cover this. This is ridiculous. The Minus Rams one is basically a pickup. The Rams for the last three years, the only time they the Rams have won is in the playoff game. And that's, I think it's a 10, 11 straight now. Um, so I don't understand how all of a sudden... This is going to change because they're about
2: to buy. The only thing I can offer you is that they're coming off of a bye week, so everybody forgot how bad the Rams are already, I guess. I don't know. And
3: look, that's probably why I have no question on my saying It's a guarantee on my side. My side, But, yeah, I mean, it's basically like Vegas is just like giving you free money.
2: But Chaz, what do you got? Well, that's exactly
4: what they want you to think,
3: Chris. <laughs> that's exactly how it why works. Why you, Chaz? When you, well,
4: no, we talk about it for years. When you have a line that makes you scratch your head, uh, it's as a bell Monday morning, but uh, here's what I'm seeing since they played. Here's what happened San Francisco gave up 15 to Carolina. That should embarrass you. They got they beat them by by 37 to 15, but they gave up 15 to Carolina. The next week, they gave up 28 to Atlanta and got do. doubled up. And the week after that, they played a team out of Kansas City. Little boy named Patrick was playing, they put up <laughs> 44. So since uh, since that game, the Rams have scored. They scored nine points against San Francisco. They scored ten points against Dallas. They scored twenty-four points against Carolina. They're going up in every single one. But the one that I really like is at home. Uh, uh, in in their last four games at home, they have scored less points every game. And in the last four games overall, San Francisco has allowed more points every game. This is my second half, Chaz money line play of the weekend. On who? The money line. <laughs> okay. I, I, I that's not true. I do do sometimes do money lines. I'm I'm I don't want no stinking points.
2: All right. Let's get into this Sunday night action. The Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers. These game's at a forty-seven over under. More importantly, the Buffalo Bills are favored at minus eleven points. So everybody's so far off the Green Bay Packers now. They're now a dud. They're crap. They're Carolina. They're just they're the scummiest of the scum teams out there. And Buffalo is favored by 11 points in this game. My question is, does Aaron Rodgers have any pride left? Because if he does, there's no way Buffalo covers this by 11, right? But the Packers have been so bad, losing outright to guys like the Washington Commanders. And just for that, I'm taking Buffalo to cover at minus 11 because they screwed me last week by my lock them in pick. So screw you, Packers. Screw you, Aaron Rodgers. Buffalo wins this game in dominant fashion. Go ahead, Chris.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason I have any caution picking Buffalo to cover is because of the history of you know, Brett, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say Brett Barr for a second. The history of Aaron Rodgers being such a good quarterback. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen it in this entire season. There should be some pride. I think it's a tough matchup in general for Buffalo that Packers have good matchups overall. But the way that the Buffalo Bills are playing, there's no doubt in my mind they can absolutely just pace this team and beat them by double digits, no problem. So if I'm going to bet on this team, which I'm not, if I were, I'm definitely betting on Buffalo.
2: Well, and I think Chaz will allude to this, but Buffalo, especially in the first half, is was very interesting, right, Chaz?
3: Yeah, Green Bay in the
4: second half overall have scored yeah. seven or less than six of seven. The Green Bay, this is... Brett Favre. But guess what? The quarterback could only... He's not running it. He may scramble occasionally, but he's not running it. And he's not catching it. He could only throw it. They don't have a lot of guys that are catching right now. Their running game is suspect, I would say. They're not scoring points for sure. Uh, whereas Buffalo in the first half have scored 10 or more in 10 straight games. I think not only is Buffalo going to whack them good. I think they're going to whack them early. And at halftime, everybody's going to be jumping on The bandwagon saying, Oh, you know, the Packers will make a comeback. The Packers haven't scored more than seven points forever in the second half. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of the twelve second halves overall. They have not covered against the spread. I'm going to, I am going to bet Buffalo many, many times Sunday.
2: There you go. Okay, and last but not least, we got the Monday night game. That's the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Cleveland Browns. They did have some unfortunate news that Jamar Chase is going to be out four to six weeks, although he's not going to get put on the IR, which means the team is hoping he'll be back within that four-week window. We'll have to see exactly what happens. But for now, on Monday night, it will be T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as the main weapons for Joe Burrow. They are favored on the road against Cleveland at minus three. The under set at 45. And, Chris, you know, if Cleveland actually had a defense, the defense they're supposed to have, I would say that they have a good chance in this game, but they don't. So they, I'm not taking them, and I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals to cover at minus three in this matchup.
3: Yeah, I like, I like the logic. I'm going to with Cleveland, though. This is more of a heart thing I think Cleveland's playing for their entire season this, this week, in a sense. If they lose this game, they're going to get knocked out of the playoff hunt, in a sense, before Sean Watson has a chance to return. They have a lot on the line. They kind of always give Cincinnati a hard time regardless of what either team's record is. And then finally, Joe Burrow doesn't have, has his worst schemes in the sense of his career versus the Cleveland Browns. Worst completion percentage versus QPR versus Cleveland. So I'm going to go with the Browns as my upset team this week.
2: What do you got, Chaz? Break the tie once again.
4: Cincinnati in the second half has allowed nine or less points in twelve straight games. You can't beat somebody unless you're already ahead a lot. If you're only scoring nine points in the second half, however, Cleveland in the first half at home they they've only allowed three or less in nine to ten. I I I talked to the guys in Ohio every week, and this week we were talking about this game. Duh. You know, it's a battle of Ohio. And Chase is a third of their offense. I mean, it's a third of their offense, so it's a big deal. But the guys that are behind them, second, third, and fourth on that list of offense, are pretty good. I think they're going to win this game. I I gave out in this game Cincinnati in the under.
2: Okay. I like it a lot. All right. So before we get to the parlay, let's let's do the player props, and we'll do the parlay bet. Uh, So, Chris, I got four parlays for you, just like I always do. Help me out here. So I got Alba No, You said
4: you confused. I think you meant to say you got four props. Yeah, I
2: got four props. Excuse me. Only because I'm not sure how far we're doing here. Thank you. Thank you,
4: Chaz.
3: I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not ready for this curveball. I got No, I was ready to start (laughs) writing down. This
2: is a curveball. It's Friday night. What do you want?
3: No, no,
4: I appreciate it. But you know, here's the thing. When you say a word, I have this discussion with my wife all the time. You thought you said what you said. Of course, what you said is what they heard. But it changes the whole conversation, right? Because I'm ready to start writing down parlays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not yet. That's my mistake. My bad. Okay, player props. I got Alvin Kamara, 38 and a half, receiving yards. And I have the over against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, he's gone over that ever since Andy Dolan's taken over at quarterback.
3: Yeah, we won't stay until the fourth quarter, as they talked about earlier in the show. But he should be able to get it eventually.
2: Now, the next two props are with the same player, but they're two different kind of props. So, Derrick Henry, rushing yards, 96 and a half. I still have the over against the Houston Texans who are horrible against the run, and the entire offense is Derrick Henry running the football.
3: Yeah, I don't understand how this is even a prop. I 100% agree with you. Whether it's going to be Tannehill or Willis would not matter in a sense. Both, Regardless, Derrick Henry is going to be the featured guy. He's going to be carrying this offense versus another team going to run the ball all the time, too. Why would you ever face Derrick Henry out of this game? I love that, Carla. I love that. Um, well, this is probably- why
2: I, I stuck with Derrick Henry. 11 and a half receiving yards, which he's gone over the last three games in a row. So I took the over of the 11 and a half receiving yards as well. That's, That's one catch.
4: Yeah. right? That's one catch if he breaks a tackle. Basically. And guess what this guy
3: does? Yep, He breaks tackles. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't complete passes all the time, though, but so I do think there's still a bet, though. I like this prop.
2: And then last but not least, Raheem Mostert, 65 and a half yards on the ground. I got the over against the Detroit Lions.
3: Yeah, bargain injury, I like that I bet a lot.
2: Okay, so we're locking all of the prop bets in. By the way, the prop bets I've been dominating in that section. Okay, Chaz, let's get our parlays in Mine. I'm going to lock it in right away. It's the 49ers minus one. There you go. Okay, go ahead, Chris.
3: Yeah, I always had some other thoughts coming into the show, but now that we, we've kind of heard some different perspectives, I'm going to look my Seattle as my lock bet. Oh, oh. Minus we,
2: already, three? we already have one loser. Sorry, Minus three?
3: I, I But I, I've done a pretty good job picking not losers. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Is that minus, minus three? Minus three, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm going to be on the Rams money line. So that's a whole nother story. However, for my play, I, I was leaning to the overs and both of them you have, right? You have both your prop bets in the over. You got the running back. Um, no, no, you got the, you got the, in Detroit, you have an over
2: prop, right? Yeah. Mo, Raheem are going right. Over and
4: here. then and the running back. And then in New Orleans, you have, uh, a, Kamara over. going Tomorrow. over on
2: three and a half receiving Ugh. yards. Yes, correct.
4: How many receiving yards is that?
2: 38 and
4: a half. Uh, so, so I'm going to go with that game, the New Orleans game over. I, I think, you know what, I, I, I think both teams are going to score there. So that's going to be my play. Over in the Las Vegas, 49 and a half. So it's moved two and a half points, too. So I like that.
2: All right. There you go. So we got the over of the Saints and Raiders game. We have... We're locking in the 49ers minus one, and we're locking in the Seattle Seahawks minus three. We'll reminder
4: reminder guys that we've hit that parlay in the first half, so don't hesitate to bet both of them because what good is winning it? I mean, if you're both, all three of your teams are winning at halftime, and you don't cash
2: one of my that just irks me, (laughs) irks me, I say. Lock it in, fellas. And guys, make sure you check us out on Sunday morning. Chris and I are going to be here Sunday morning at 11 a.m., something we don't always do, but it's going to be our, it's our Halloween slash MD's Monstars Mid-Season Awards special episode. We'll do some star sick questions, too, but Chris, talk about the MD's Monstars when what we're looking forward to on the show. Yeah. These are our fantasy
3: freaks of nature. So we're going to look at some of the players who are freaks of nature, the guys you can want in your lineup week in, week out. We're going to go look over some of the all-time greats, and we're going to look this current season and reflect back on who's been our mid-season monsters, the guys that you've had week in, week out in your lineups. We've been trying to advise you maybe having your DFS lineups while you spend up for some of these guys because those advice guys you cannot take away, the guys you cannot game plan away, that the guys that are going to be lighting up Chaz's statistics showing you year in and year out that they are studs. So that's what we're going to be talking about
2: this Sunday. Cannot wait. We will field some sorts of questions, too, because it is Sunday morning, and the stupid London game will be going on, and we're more important and more entertaining than that London game in particular will be. Chaz, what do you got coming up, man? Oh, yeah,
4: I know. Not for nothing. If you just stare at the monitor, you're more important valuable than that game and loved it you know you could just have like floating avocados on the screen or something <laughs> uh you know i'm I'm sick but it's the breeder's cup so i'm I'm prepping for that i'll start really hard on that monday i may not have a show next week i don't know you know <clears throat> i'm gonna have probably looks like antibiotics are in my future so what you got on your play test? i got antibiotics hopefully big ones you know <laughs> the horse pills but i want to tell you that i got our sheet from the very first show we did this year, when we did our picks, and I think next week we should spend a few minutes going through uh, mm-hmm. how we how the procast procrastinate. No, what's it? Prognosticating. 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 Yeah, you know I'm sorry. Okay. Prognosticating. So because we got them, we see halfway through. You know which ones are looking good, which ones aren't. Well, but you're well, the I host. Could, you just let me sounds know. Sounds great just, to me.
2: Or you know what? I mean, well, you're sick, so I don't know. But I was going to say Sunday morning. Even to hop on that'd be a good Sunday morning uh, segment that we could probably throw in there too, because we don't really, Chris. You and I, we're going to eleven, but we're not like we don't have a particular time. where um, by kickoff, we'll definitely. Well, you know end what? Hit, end, me Hit me up. Hit me
4: up, and if I can make it, I will make it. You know what I do? If I shower, I'm good for like forty five minutes. And then I, right now, my throat's starting to go on me too. So,
2: <laughs> all right, guys, I'm going to do it for the show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out on our podcast apps. We're widely available to you. Give us a five star review. And, Jazz, you always like to say, always be cashing. Always be cashing. We'll see you guys on Sunday morning.